You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Awesome. Well, welcome back in the room, everybody. You excited to be here? A little bit? I like it. I like it. You guys got a little bit more energy than the first service. It excites me. It makes me feel very good. Uh, the first service... Uh, of the day, which was the first of us back in the room in six months, it was like blowing out the cobwebs. It was like we were rusty. They got a very, uh, very average version of our, what we'd normally do for church. And so you guys are getting, we've, we've improved so much in the last hour. We've, we've, we've taken much time to study and pray and fast. And uh, so we're here to bring a much improved version of church back in the room. Welcome to everybody who's joining with us online uh, in whatever capacity and maybe a watch party or in your home or to the other rooms we've got hanging out here at Botany, uh, the cafe, uh, make some noise cafe, we can't quite hear you. Good to have you with us and the loft, so good to have you guys with us as well. Welcome to our multiple groups. Uh, it's all a little bit different uh, right now, but I'm so excited to be back with you guys and see some new faces and meet some new people and just be able to be here. Um, we, we do still have, obviously, a bit of a journey um, that we're going through before we can be fully back back, and uh, all the craziness of this season uh, sort of is behind us, but I, I said this to the first service, and, I, and I've asked actually every lead pastor to communicate this to um, all of our campuses today. The heart that we really have at this moment, and I want us to um, really carry this Throughout this season, uh, we don't know what the next like month is going to look like. We don't know how this is all going to play out. And I know it's all crazy. And I know we're kind of masked up. And uh, we've got different services. And we've got vaccines. And we, then we have all, like all the craziness with it. What I'm asking us to show each other is just generous grace. We just have lots of grace in this season. Like let's just show one another uh, and all our differences and all the craziness we're going to navigate and with the complexities of going live and online and online live and, and getting back in the room, let's just be, let's be generously gracious. So show over amounts of grace to each other, and I know we'd kind of get through this just fine. Is that cool? Awesome. We are beginning a new series called Refresh, and uh, we're gonna, I'm excited to go through this series with you, and I want to take us today to Exodus chapter 15. Uh, it is in verse number 22. If you have the Elam Christian Center app, you can pull that out. All the notes are there. Um, actually, it's a great place to find uh, anything you need from us. It's all the sermon notes, scriptures, podcasts, everything is there. You can download that from the app store. Exodus 15, it is the place we discover um, where we get our name from as Elam. Let's read together. Then Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water. They came to Marah, but they could not drink the water at Marah because it was bitter. The people grumbled to Moses, what are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. He threw it into the water, and the water became drinkable. The Lord made a statute and an ordinance for them at Marah, and he tested them there. He said, if you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in His sight, pay attention to His commands and keep all His statutes. I will not inflict you uh, any illness on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then, he came, then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 date palms, and they camped there by the water. Then they came to Elam. Elam for the nation of Israel was a place of refreshing. It was a place of abundance. It was a place of provision. It was a place of 
uh, just breakthrough, getting into that place where there was uh, in the middle of the desert, this place of refreshing. Can you imagine the nation of Israel escaping Egypt, walking through the desert, and then coming across this place with 70 date palms and 12 springs of fresh water? What a place of refreshing that would have been in the season that they were in. And friends, I know for myself, when I came to Elam, what I found here was a place of refreshing. When I came to Elam, it was a place of refreshing for my soul, refreshing for my spirit, refreshing for my purpose, my calling. It was a place where I came in, I was like, wow, I feel so refreshed being in this place. And as we journey back to church, as we journey back into services in the room, I'm praying for all of us that this next season will be a season of refreshing for you as well. And I want to explore today what made Elam a place of refreshing. And to know that we're going to look at what they found at Elam. And I want to share some thoughts with you guys. And with each thought I'm going to give you, I also have a prayer that I'd love for us to pray. And I'd love for you to also pray in your own time when you get home today. So the first thing, what made Elam a place of refreshing, uh, is that they found a place of nourishment. There's a place of nourishment. Israel arrives at Elam, and there are these date palms and these springs of beautiful fresh water. Uh, a number of years ago, I was speaking at a conference, and uh, it was out of town, so they, the, the church that was hosting me put me up in a hotel, and at the hotel, they'd left for me like a gift box, a gift hamper, and in that was just a bunch of snacks that I could snack on in my downtime or between meals or whatever, and in this box, I found a food that is, is 100% straight out of the throne room of God. It, I opened the box, and there was a food in there I'd never seen before, and, I, and, and I, now it's just become the most amazing thing. I found a packet of bejeweled dates. In the first service, I called them bejeweled dates. They're not bejeweled. They're not covered in jewels. They are bejeweled dates. These, if you have never tasted a bejeweled date, just imagine a regular date married a block of caramel, and they had a baby. That is a medjooled date. Now, I'm telling you, on the way home, go by countdown. They've got them. Go pack and save. Get them. It will change your life. It's like I'm ruined now for regular dates. I cannot eat a regular date. If I see a packet of dates, I ask, are they medjooled dates? Or I might even ask, are they bejeweled dates? <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you discover real coffee, and you've been drinking instant your whole life. Like nothing wrong with instant coffee. You can get your scoop of Nescafe gold and drop it in your cup. It's probably too big anyway. And you fill it up with hot water and a bit of milk. It's coffee. It does the trick. But then you have a double shot flat white with perfectly steamed milk. And the bean is probably a supreme or an all press or maybe even a toasted espresso. And You have one of those, and next thing, you are ruined for regular coffee. You can no longer just have instant coffee because you've discovered something so much better. It's like tasting medjool dates. They're so nourishing. so It's like the most beautiful thing. You can never go back. And I can't help but think, you know, the nation of Israel journeying through the wilderness of the desert, and they come across 70 date palms. I don't know if they were medjool dates, but I bet they tasted like them. If you've been in the desert for long enough, you eat a date, it's going to be the most delicious thing you've ever tasted in your life. The nourishment they would have found at Elam would have been amazing. After journeying through the desert, there's fresh water, abundance of fresh water, abundance of date palms. It's an amazing picture. And many of you know my story 
And for those of you who don't, uh, I came into the church when I was 18 years old. When I came into Elam, what I found here was not necessarily good food or good coffee or even medjool dates. What I found here was something that nourished me far greater, far more substantially. What I found here nourished the very core of who I was, and that was a relationship with my Heavenly Father. I came into this place with questions, with longings, with hunger, with a deep void in my heart, and I came in here. What I found in Jesus nourished and satisfied the very core and depth of who I am to my very soul, because every one of us, the hunger of every human heart is to know your heavenly Father. God made you to know Him. And the greatest nourishment you'll ever find is the nourishment you find when you meet your heavenly Father, and He nourishes and satisfies your very soul. And what I found here was not dry, it wasn't religious, like the Israelites finding fresh water at Elam. What I found gave me life. It was life-giving. The Bible says, uh, in the Bible, sorry, the, the water is often a picture of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this in John 7, 30, uh, 37. He stood up and He said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. See, a faith in Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is not dry and mundane, it is life-giving. And there have been so many times on my journey, so many times, friends, where I have been walking with, I've been walking with Jesus for over 20 years. I've been preaching His Word for over 15 years. But there's been so many times along that way where I've had to stop and refresh in my walk with Him. Where I've, I've gotten just off on my own tangent, where I've started to satisfy those hungers with the things of this world again, or I've, or I've just moved away from the core of who He is in my life, and I've had to go, I'm going to refresh this walk with Him and come back to the thing that richly and deeply satisfies my soul, and that is my walk with Jesus. And friends, maybe this last season for you, your faith has got stagnant. Maybe we're in six months out of church right now, and maybe your, your faith is just kind of barely, you're holding on by a thread. Maybe it's barely existent. Maybe it's gotten stagnant along the way. Maybe you're even trying to fulfill some of the hungers in your heart with the things of this world again. My prayer for all of us in this season, and this is my prayer for us as a church, no matter who you are, is that we all would experience a refresh in our walk with the Lord. A refresh in our walk with the Lord. One of our greatest values in this church is that we would know God. That's God's greatest desire for you is that you would know Him. And friends, my heart and my prayer is that we would have a refreshing in this season in our walk with the Lord, in our time in His Word, and in the presence and power of His Holy Spirit. Here's a prayer that I'd love to pray, and I want you to take this prayer home as well and pray it. It's in the notes. The prayer is simple. It says, Lord, may I find nourishment as I refresh in my walk with You, in the sustenance of Your Word, and in the presence of Your Holy Spirit. It's a powerful little prayer. My second thought I have is this. What they found at Elam and made it a place of refreshing is they found protection. They found a place of protection. Can you imagine walking through the desert for how, however long they were walking for with no respite from the scorching heat of the sun? Like there's you got no umbrellas, there's no shade, there's no tree. Can you imagine the, the heat with no respite from that? And then you come to Elam and there's 70 massive date palm trees with shade, a place you can sit for protection. Uh, many of you know that I, I love going to the gym and I love working out and it's just one of the things that keeps me sane and uh, absolutely love it. And I, I've been doing... Uh, joined a CrossFit gym like two years ago, and I absolutely love it. But during lockdown, the gym was closed, and so we did these outdoor picnic workouts. We do them outdoors. We were allowed to do that, so we we're doing these outdoor workouts. But how many of you know it's been a long, hot summer, 
right? It's been a long, hot summer. So when you're outdoors and you're working out and it's the heat of the day, and bear in mind, I'm six foot three. I'm close to the sun. I'm bald. So there's six foot three bald Steve in the heat of the day and like I'm frying under the heat of the sun, right? And there was this one workout, they made us do like a whole bunch of burpees. If you don't know what a burpee is, it's basically lie on your tummy, stand up, jump, and repeat. Just keep, I'm not demonstrating that. Just get, stop saying that, lady on the front who I don't know. Just get down, lie on your tummy, stand up, jump. It's called a burpee. If you do enough of them, you burpee. It's just like, this is how, just like burpees. And I was, doing, we we're doing these burpees, and uh, I'm looking for shade. The only shade I can find is this little hedge this tiny little hedge, basically a shrub with this tiny little window of shade. I'm lying under a shrub trying to do burpees just to get out of the sun because it's, it's so hot and it's burning me. The fierceness of the sun is just getting me. I'm like praying for a big tree. I'm praying for a big cloud. I'm like, Lord, send a cloud to cover the sun. Like a, a, a date palm would have been perfect for me to work out under. I mean, it's just the, the, the protection it would provide from the sun would have been amazing. The other thing I know about trees is that they don't grow fast. Like most trees don't grow fast. Like you plant a tree, you don't come out tomorrow and it's double its size. It takes time. The roots go down. It takes time for it to grow and mature and develop and provide that shade that you can sit under. And it's this presence of the palm trees and the covering they provide, it reminds me of the covering and protection of a planted community. The covering and protection of a planted community. Because Elam was a place of refreshing because it was a place of protection. Psalm 1-1 says this, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, he delight, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. He meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. I'm so thankful that throughout my time at Elam, I've been surrounded by a planted community, by people who've been planted for a while, who are bigger, maturer, wiser, who've weathered the seasons, who have stood the test of time, whose roots in the Lord go down deep. And I'm so thankful I've been surrounded by a planted community who've protected me, who've covered me, who've helped me, who've sheltered me, even sheltered me and protected me from my own stupidity and my own sinfulness, and my own propensity towards impulsiveness and doing, making rushed decisions. When you sit under the covering, of the protective covering of a community, it helps you with wisdom. It leads you in the right way. Friends, it's a planted community that shields us and covers us and cares for us and helps us when challenges arise, when storms hit, when the rain comes. When the rain comes, where do you shelter? Under a tree. When the storms come and when the heat gets turned up in your life, it's a planted community that brings protection to you. An offer, uh, the, a planted community offers protection and in turn brings refreshing to you. Proverbs eleven fourteen says this, where there's no guidance, a people falls, but in abundance of counselors, there is safety. There is safety. There's something powerful about being in a planted community that provides covering and protection to sustain you and protect you and carry you through the seasons of life. Over the years, Bex and I, uh, my wife, we have run multiple small groups. We've run many small groups and we've been part of many small groups on in our time. And one thing that we discovered most times 
On most days when it came to the small group, either the small group we were going to or the small group we were running, and I know this is not your experience because you're much more spiritual than we are, but here's what we would say to ourselves the day of that small group. Here's what we would say. Oh, man, I can't be bothered going to small group tonight. Oh, do we have to run small group tonight? Like, oh, it's just been such a busy day. And I know this is foreign to you because this is not your experience because you are all like much better Christians than we are. And those watching in the loft, you guys are the upper room, so you're much more holy. Never happened to you. But we're honestly, every time, oh, man, we've got a small group tonight. Do we really have to go? Oh, man, like, I just can't be bothered running it because like, it's been a busy day. We've got the kids to sort out. We've got tomorrow's going to be a big day. We've got to get sorted for that. And there's lots on our plate. And I'm just like, I really don't, don't want to go. And then you go, we, we'd have the conversation, no, we've committed to it, so we should go. Or it's at our house, so we can't stop it happening. Like <laughs> the people are coming, so we better, we better put a smile on. But you know what? Every single time, without fail, I'm not even joking, every, 100% of the time, we always left that small group going, I'm so glad we went. I'm so glad we did that. Why? Because we went in needing refreshing, and what we got with that planted community was refreshing. Refreshing. Friends, you find refreshing for your soul being in a planted community. And friends, I want to I want to encourage you right now, if you need refreshing in your life, if you need refreshing in your walk with the Lord, get yourself into a planted community. It will provide shade and protection and caring. It will provide all that you need. In this season right now, we're launching into a new round of small groups. And in this current COVID season, man, like we need to be connected to a planted community. If you're not in a small group, if you're not surrounded by that planted community, it's time to refresh and get yourself planted. At the, at the back of every room that we have open in the cafe, in the loft, in the back of the auditorium and online, there is room for you to find a small group. Go see the team online. There's a link coming up. There's a whole bunch of stuff on our website that can help you as well. But I wanna encourage you, go and find one. If you start one and you don't like it, just leave it and join another one. Like there's no, ain't no hard feelings, right? Easy in, easy out. Don't feel bad if they're not your people. If they're not your people, go find your people. Like just go and try until you find the planted community that's gonna help you grow in this season. Here's a prayer I'd love for us to pray. Simply this, Lord, may I find refreshing in the shade of a planted community. That's an important prayer right now in this season for us. May I find refreshing in the shade of a planted community. The third thing they find, Ben, you guys can come. The third thing they find is a place of rest. It's what made Elam a place of refreshing because it was a place of rest. I'm so thankful that we got to have um, the opportunity at the end of December to leave Auckland. Anyone else with me on that one? It was like, I need to get out of this place, man. And uh, we were so thankful that we had friends who, um, who had a batch up north by a beach, and they're like, hey, come use our batch. And so we, we popped the kids in the car, and we drove up north, and we got some time away. And I tell you what, when we left, it was like, 90% of Auckland was leaving too. It's like everyone was like, I'm getting out just in case they never let me leave. <laughs> and, uh, and honestly, on the road, it was like some people, the amount of stuff they had in their car and their trailers, I was like, they're never coming back. They're leaving Auckland and they ain't never coming back. There's like our Whangarei campus has probably grown by double because all the Auckland's like, I ain't going back. 
we, but we left and we got some time away up, in, uh, up at this beach. And something for me about being by water that just refreshes my soul. And it's like, whatever I can do, I just need to get by. I need to hear it and just see it and smell it and just be in that space. And it just, I find rest in there. And then when I find rest there, it's like, it's like a refreshing time when you have rest. You're refreshed. You sleep, eat, relax. No pressure of work, just refresh. And the Bible says when they got to Elam, they camped there. They took rest there. They, they, they camped by the water. They went and took a moment to just rest. Whoa, what a picture of refreshing, just to go with this water and this provision and you find rest. And for me, when I read that, I can't help but see that Elam is a picture of God's grace. This place, Elam, in the middle of a desert, in the middle of their journey to where God was calling them to, walking through wilderness and walking through the desert and all its troubles, and they come to this place called Elam. It's just this picture of God's grace. It's like God's provision for them in the midst of that. They didn't make it, God made it for them. It was a provision of God that they could go and enjoy and find abundance and refreshing in. And it was in that place of God's grace that they found rest. And my prayer for us as a church is that in this season, we would know uh, in a fresh way the rest that comes from the grace of God. The rest that comes from the grace of God. Resting in the grace of God will refresh your soul like you wouldn't believe. Resting in the grace of God is knowing what Paul, the Apostle Paul knew when he wrote 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, Paul says this. So this, bear in mind, Paul has an affliction. Paul is sick. Paul needs God's healing power. God, Paul is weak. Paul is struggling and he's asking God for a miracle and this is God's response. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Resting in the grace of God is knowing you're weak. It's knowing you haven't got it all together. It's knowing that, man, I, I, I don't have a lot to offer. In fact, all I do have to offer is deficient and it's dysfunctional and it's messed up and it's got a broken past and a messed up yesterday and, and, and all kinds of brokenness about it. And yet all I have to offer God is that. And God says, that's good, that's enough. That's good because in that place of your weakness, I can manifest my power in a miraculous way because my grace is sufficient for you. Because in the middle of that, you realize it's not about you at all. It's not about your ability or your intellect. And you might be sitting there going, oh man, I don't know enough. I don't have enough. I haven't studied enough. I haven't walked with Jesus enough. That's fine. You're looking at yourself going, all you see is weakness. But when you put that into the hands of God, God says, oh, that's where I can manifest perfect strength. And you can rest in that. Knowing you don't have to be everything. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have it all together. Resting in the grace of God is knowing that in my weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Resting in the grace of God is knowing that I'm, God's chosen me and called me despite my deficiencies, despite my inadequacies. God called me so I can rest in that. It's not actually about me. It's just, it's God's grace. He'll carry me. Resting in God's grace knows, is knowing that my yesterday doesn't define my tomorrow. 
that I'm, I'm safe in the hands of God. Whatever I, like even when all I've got to give God is weakness, God's grace is enough in that. And so I rest in His grace. Wow. You know, um, even preparing for the Sunday, like as we got getting close to the Sunday, I was super nervous. Like I haven't preached live in front of people like this for six months. I'm like, I'm rusty. I need to blow some cobwebs out, man. I'm, I'm pep talking myself in the bathroom before I come into the service. You got this, Steve. God's grace is enough. And I'm writing the sermon and I'm gonna be done on Thursday with writing my sermons because it has to go to the translators and it has to go to the graphics team and stuff like that. So I finish on Thursday. You know what? I looked at this message on Thursday and I was like, it's trash. <laughs> you ever look at it and say, is that, is that it? Like I prayed and I studied and I wrote and I spent two and a half days on this message only to get to the point of no return and go, it's trash. And then you look at that and you go, well, I'll have to trust the grace of God. And if all I have to offer is what I look at and see trash, I'm just gonna trust the process and trust that God's grace is enough. And then in the midst of that, God will do what He wants to do. And I rest in that. And so you know what, Thursday night, I slept awesome. Friday night, I slept awesome. Last night, I slept even better, why? I'm not worried about the message. I'm resting in God's grace that God's grace is enough, that even in my weakness, His strength is made perfect and He'll do His thing. Whatever it is in your life, whatever you have to get up and do tomorrow, know that you go into that by the grace of God. And whatever God has called you into, you go by the grace of God. It's not about your ability or your inability. It's about you bringing you and God's grace being enough for you. Resting in the grace of God is knowing all I am and all I have is in the hands of God. All we are, all we have, all we're gonna partake in in the next week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, month, two months for church and what's this year gonna look like? I don't know, but we go by the grace of God. So we trust His grace. God has got this. Matthew eleven twenty eight. I love what Jesus says. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Wow. For some in this room and some watching today, you're heavy laden because you're trying to strive and achieve and be good enough for God to use you. That's your heavy burden right now. This is the word of God for you. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God did not call you to carry the burden of trying to be enough for Him. God called you as you are and His grace is enough for you. Trust His grace, rest in His grace. Here's a prayer. I'd love for us to pray. My prayer is that we would all have a refreshing of the grace of God for us this year. That we'd know in a new way the grace of God. Here it is. Here's the prayer. Simply this. Lord, maybe you want to receive this right now. Lord, I receive your grace afresh today. Help me to rest in it and to live my life in the light of your grace. In the light of your grace. Resting in God's grace is also knowing a couple other things. It's knowing that the debt of your sin is paid 
that you're made right with God and that your eternity is secure. When I know my debt, the debt of my sin is paid, I'm no longer trying to do enough good in my life to outweigh the bad. It's not a ledger. You can't pay it back. You can't do enough. It's not enough. So resting in the grace of God is knowing that the debt of my sin has been paid in full, done. That my future, that I've been made right with God, that I'm, I'm now in right standing with God. I can rest. I don't have to try and earn His favor or be good enough that He would love me. I'm loved by the grace of God. So I, I can rest knowing that through Jesus, I'm in right standing with God and that my eternity is secure. I don't have to worry or stress about my future beyond this life. I know I can rest in the grace of God knowing that through Jesus, my eternity is secure. And a friend, if you're here, either in this room right now, or maybe you're online, or maybe you're in another room in the loft or the cafe, and you don't know that, you don't know the rest that comes from knowing the grace of God. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, put your life in His hands, I'd love to pray a prayer with you right now. Can I invite everyone in this room just to close their eyes and bow their heads just for a moment? The truth is, friends, God loves you. God made you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short. We all sin. And our sin, it separates us from God. And there's a debt to be paid for our sin. And the price is death. But God in His grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself the debt that you and I would do for our sin, and He paid it all. Then He conquered death in the grave and rose again to new life. And He extends to every single one of us today grace. It's a free gift. Forgiveness for your yesterday. All the wrong, all the sin in your life. A brand new start that begins right here, right now. You get to walk into the great plans that God has for you by His grace. And then, friends, there's this promise of eternity in heaven with Him. If you're not right with God today, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. I'm going to pray it out loud. You don't have to do that. You pray it in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Are you ready? Just say these words in your heart. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I give it to you. I know I've sinned and I've messed up. But I believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I ask you to forgive me of all my wrongs. I turn from that way of life and I turn to you. Come in and be the Lord of my life today. I choose from this day to follow you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed in the rooms, in the cafe, in the lofts, in this auditorium, just while your eyes are still closed, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or maybe you're getting right with God today, I want to invite you to do something really, really brave. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high if you prayed that prayer in every room. And online, there's a button coming up that says, I raise my hand. And there's also a link on Facebook that says, count me in. If you, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want you to push that button. I want you to lift your hand. I'm not doing this to embarrass you or stand you up, nothing like that. All I'll do is I'll see you, acknowledge you, and you can put your hand straight back down. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two. Three hands up nice and high right now. My man, I got you. Thank you so much, brother. That's awesome. You know what I was saying? Steve, that's me. That's me. Yes, young man. I see you too, buddy. That's so good. 
It's so good. In the other rooms, you just put your hand up nice and high right now. Team will see you, will acknowledge you. It's a wonderful decision, most amazing decision you could ever make online. Thank you so much. We see you person online. That is so good. Uh, thank you for making that decision. It's huge. It's massive. It's monumental. It's life-changing. Thank you, God. Nice and high, just so I can see it. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Father, we thank you for your amazing presence here. Thank you for your free gift of grace. And I pray right now for every single person that just said yes to you, that you would come, Holy Spirit, and fill them, that they would know the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit, that they would know that their yesterday no longer defines their tomorrow, that they are a new creation in you, that you've called them, that your grace is enough for them, and God, I pray you bless them, that this would not just be a one-moment decision, but this would be a decision that changes the very trajectory of their life, that they would walk a new way, knowing the good and the leading of God in every way. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Let's put our hands together for those people that just said yes to Jesus. So good. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.